Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kimisha Lucier, and I'm so glad to be spending this time with you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm looking forward to the new year. I hope you are as well. And I just want to say this before I forget, Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> I believe, God, that this is going to be a great year for you and your family, and it will be a, a year of great grace and growth in your life to fulfill the things that God has called you to do and the promises of God being fulfilled in your life. And I'm believing, God, that you'll be strengthened and encouraged as always and um, empowered by his Holy Spirit to thrive and to flourish and to walk in the love of Jesus Christ. Welcome, honey. I'm so glad you're here today too. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and for us cooperating together in what the Lord has planned for us to accomplish for his glory. Amen. Amen to that. I, I agree. Um, and New Year's is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But Wanted to say it ahead of time. So before we get into this episode, let's open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you. And we just come before you to say thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lord. 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 And you are so wonderful. You're so mighty. You're so holy and you're so righteous. And we just appreciate you, Lord. We lift up your name, Jesus Christ, and we exalt you in our eyes and we exalt you in the earth. And we just say that there's no way that we could ever repay you for your works and your worth and your value and for how good you've been to us. And we can't say thank you enough, but we're going to try. And we appreciate you, Lord. And we honor you because you're worthy of our praise. You are the Lord God Almighty, God most high, the one who is more than enough and the one who always provides. You are a miracle worker, God, and we praise you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for loving us and for being our God. We thank you for guiding us, Holy Spirit, into all truth. And we thank you, Lord, that you're our defender, our provider, our protector, our guidance, and our director. And you are just so wonderful to us. We celebrate you. We love you, Jesus Christ. And we just lay every care and every burden at your feet. And we come before you and just thank you, Lord, for filling us up with your Holy Spirit, for your love being shed abroad in our hearts so that we're able to walk with you, Lord God, and to walk in fellowship with one another. We praise you, Lord. We praise you and we thank you and we love you, Lord, and we adore you. In the almighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Sometimes you just got to say thank you and leave it at that, okay? No, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just got to praise all the, the Lord and thank the Lord. Uh, you know, sometimes coming before him without asking for something or another mm -hmm. thing or just will this one thing be done and just coming to tell him thank you and just exalting his name is such a blessing and it's so edifying to us as believers. So don't think it's strange if you hear us praying like that and you go, well, you didn't even ask for anything. That's all right. Prayer is coming before the Lord and doing whatever it is that he wants to have done in that moment. Doesn't so, he tell us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? So there you have it. Amen. Amen. And we love to apply that word. So Today, we're going to do um, finish up with our case studies, part four. And just so you know, um, we did, instead of doing the lab um, to finish up with um, the section that we were on, the source of power, um, 
we did case studies instead. So we could see this process working out, seeing the Holy Spirit um, working and how our Lord and Savior operated in the earth. So um, there won't be any laps for this. It'll just be these case studies to conclude this section. Today, we're going to finish looking at John chapter 11 and talk about a few things there. And then we're going to look at two, two additional um, occurrences in the ministry of the Lord in John chapter 4 and then another one in John chapter 5. So if we can turn back to John chapter 11. We're going to start there and we're just going to jump right into it so we can maximize our time with each other um, and in the presence of the Lord and, and fellowshipping on his word. Darling, did you have something you wanted to say to get started or? Uh, I did. Okay. Right? Um, there's, I'll say something that we have said from the beginning of this, this ministry, just something the Lord has taught us. And it's, you're going to hear this often, mm-hmm. right? And that is to ask the Lord. Right, mm-hmm. receive the plan from him as to where to go, right, where he mm-hmm. sends you, and to say what he says to say and do what he says to do in the manner with which he says to say it and do it. Amen. Right, even and, and I bring that up to, to point this out, even in the midst of uh, we were saying this in the previous episode, all these individuals that should have known. Right, because especially the disciples, they were told this won't end in death. Actually, mm-hmm. even even the the messengers that came to tell him, "Hey, Lazarus is sick," said this won't end in death. So mm-hmm. they all heard the message right there at the beginning. Again, revelation received from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But now, what Jesus's specific role was, where to go, when to go, what to say, and what to do, mm-hmm. he had to go set himself apart, seek the Lord. Or he he, set, he chose to set himself apart, mm-hmm. but to seek the Lord for the answer and the instructions, right? That guidance. Mm-hmm. But then we have even when he gets down to, he goes there, and gets to, to Mary, right, and Martha. Mm-hmm. There is something that's significant that is said, and it says, uh, "It's I'll read verse twenty-one, but it's really verse twenty-two." So Martha then said to Jesus, and this is in John 11. So John 11, 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you have had been there, my brother would not have died. And then here's the key part. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Mm-hmm. So I bring this up because in this one verse, mm-hmm. We see, or we should understand, everything that we've been talking about here in the source of power, but also how the chain of command flows from the Father to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to us or the angels, right? Mm -hmm. To carry out his will. And scripture tells us plainly, Hebrews 7, 25, that... Therefore, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So he's always seeking the Lord, the Father, on our behalf, and then giving the command, which then just goes down the chain of command, so we can say and or do, or say, do, and or go to where the Lord has us go to say and do that thing, and then using his authority, his seal 
of approval and his name to stamp it. Amen. So just understand that everything there is contained in that one verse. Mm -hmm. Are we tracking? And then again, whatever the Lord says, it's already done. It's already complete. His word does not return void. Amen. Amen. So um, thank you for sharing that, sweetheart. When we're um, looking at this, remember we're looking at to track Jesus's movements so we can walk in his steps, right? And we can access the kingdom principles the way he's showing us that they need to be followed and laid out. So we started reading in uh, John 11, verse 1, and we went all the way over to verse uh, 45, I believe. 46. Yes. 46? Okay. Thank you, my love. And um, as you said, darling, Jesus went through steps as he carried out this activity on behalf of the Father. Um, we've already d discussed that he only did what pleased the Father. So here are the three phases that the Lord went through and that we are to use as well. Hear from the Father through the Holy Spirit, his plan and his desire, because faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't have God's perspective or word on the situation and the specifics, then you have nothing to base your faith on. Now, we already talked about categorical faith or promises and authority, meaning God has already said it's his will to heal. It's his will to deliver. It's his will to set free. It's his will to raise the dead. He's already told us that. So we don't have to say, if it be your will, O God, we just need to hear what he has to say about this specific situation, because there are nuances and everything is unique in regards to what's their particular problem. Yes, it's someone presenting with an ailment or an illness, but it may not be caused as the same thing as someone else's ailment or illness is. And we need to hear from the Holy Spirit, from the Father through the Holy Spirit, what the plan is to get the job done, coming to him in faith, knowing that it's his will to get it done. We're just coming to get the how. And that's asking God the appropriate kind of questions. Not, do you want to do this, God? But <laughs> how do you want to get go about getting it done? Right? How, Two different questions. How do we questions. go from victory to victory? Exactly. You've already said yes, and we agree, and we're putting our amen to the word, you, your yes that you've already given us, Lord. Now we just need the, the details and the specifics of how to get this done. So phase one is hear from God through the Holy Spirit, his plan for that unique situation, knowing that he's already willing to take care of it. He wants to get the job done. Then two, um, you see him maintain his confession of saying what he heard the father already say. So because we have supporting scripture that tells us he only did what he saw his father do. He only did what he heard his father um, tell him to do. And the Lord was showing him, the father was showing him exactly what to do in every situation. And that's how he lived and walked. We know he did that here. And then, as you said, darling, when people came to question and poke his faith to mm -hmm. test and see what was in there, he said exactly what the father had already disclosed to him in private about the situation. The sickness is not unto death. We're going to Judea again. Um, walk in the light, the counsel of the word of God. We talked about that. Our friend is only sleeping. This is temporary. Let's go to the tomb. Right. This All is right. a Mm -hmm. This is a temporary phase and we're going to wake him up because the father said this isn't unto death. Um, and then 
then he says, let's go to him. And he makes it, explains it more. And then when someone comes to even put guilt on him with Mary and Martha, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But I know if you ask now, God will give you whatever you want. She didn't come boldly to go, Lord, it's not too late. I know you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Lord. I want my brother to live again here in this lifetime and seek him on that with her faith. She kind of tried to dance around it and guilted him. and, And Jesus did not change his stance or, he or said, put it off for a later time oh i know in the when fu- the resurrection the happens by in the future yes uh-huh. remember we talked about in the previous episode there's a difference between believing in god vaguely and at a distance and having faith in the name of jesus christ the first is a general thing that has no confidence and has no connection to you personally but the second knows the power in that name and that the power in the name of jesus will work on your behalf and in your life, through you, in you, and for you, because you asked in the name of Jesus, okay? So even though Martha came and kind of guilted him a little bit and, you know, she's sorrowful and sad, he wasn't moved by that. He said, your brother will rise again. Do you see a pattern here? Every time someone came to challenge and poke up against him and see what Jesus was going to say and how he was going to respond, he held fast to his confession. He maintained his confession of what the father had already said to him through the Holy Spirit. And then she even put her sister up to Mm -hmm. go see what Jesus was going to say. And they still were poking at him based on their emotions. And we're not focusing on them. We're focusing on how we, as the warriors of God, deal with pokes from humans, human human flesh, emotion, and the adversary trying to sway our conversation and sway our focus and what comes out of our mouth. Remember, we're talking about those three phases. One was hear from the Father through the Holy Spirit. Two is maintain your confession. And then you see Jesus maintains it all the way through his prayer. Well, uh, and, and you forgot the last group. The last group. So there was the disciples. There were uh, Martha and Mary, mm-hmm. and and then Martha and Mary interchangeably at, uh-huh. at various points, and then the last group. Let's let's notice this. Mm-hmm. It says the Jews. It was his the, own kind, his own crowd. people that they knew. Right, that mm-hmm. became the crowd. Mm-hmm. Were again trying to distract him and get him off course from what the father said, because their statement was, "Couldn't this man?" who opened the eyes of the blind, this is in verse 37, Mm -hmm. couldn't he have kept this man, Lazarus, also from dying? Mm -hmm. In other words, they're trying to say it's too late. Or you're, you missed it. You weren't here. Exactly. We couldn't depend on you. We couldn't rely on you. All those things were coming out of the people, the flesh that was around him. Mm-hmm. But his job, just like our job, as we are vessels for God to do exploits in the earth through... Our job is to stay focused on what did the Father say, what the Father said, and let your mouth align with that. So Jesus, he, he's pushed through all these people, these crowds and the naysayers. He went from the disciples to the sisters that yeah. he loved and to the crowd of just onlookers exactly. and standbyers. And, and I bring that that up, not to condemn anyone, Jews or any, anyone else. Oh, no, else. it's not about that. It's, it's human for flesh. us to understand. Exactly. It's human flesh. Ethnicity I don't care if is it irrelevant. Is, <laughs> if, it, if you look at it from race, ethnicity, whatever the case no, is. No, no, no. And let's let's look at this with eyes wide open here. 
Sometimes, unfortunately, that even comes from other brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're not talking in faith, like Peter tried to correct Jesus when Jesus exactly. was declaring he was going to the cross, and Jesus recognized it instantly and did not entertain it. Get behind me, Satan. It, so it makes no difference. Our job and our role is to, because we have already sought the Lord for His for the instructions, mm-hmm. we are to stand in our faith mm-hmm. and continue to apply it regardless of what anyone else says. When the word of the Lord goes forth, it's already finished. Amen. So maintain your trajectory of faith in God and your confession of saying what he has already said about it. So then he says, verse 39, take away the stone. And they're, I mean, it's like they're trying anything they can to stop them, (laughs) to stop him. And it's not the, remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about the people. They, through their emotions, were actually just yielding to the Mm. adversary and demonic influence trying to get Jesus off course, right? And this is the same thing that happens to us as we try to minister or will happen as you begin to minister and walk in the dominion and authority that Christ has vested in you because you believe on his name. He said, these signs and wonders will follow you. Mm -hmm. Not that you're seeking them out, but they will follow or accompany you as you go about in faith and confidence, doing the will and the work of the Lord. So verse 40. As you were saying, yes, they... He's giving now commands. All right, they they weren't he's, getting he's into alignment. He's marching ahead. He's continuing on what the father said. So now he gives them the command, and mm-hmm. then they offer up excuses. Oh, it's going to stink in there, and <laughs> it won't stink after he gets up. So what was his <laughs> right. response? Didn't I say that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Mm-hmm. Right. So he's holding fast his confession and his forward movement. Amen. Of his works of faith in what the father said. So phase three is release the word of God. And once you've heard from the Lord, don't waver in your faith, right? So we see this as well. So now he's, he got the command or the the instruction from the father. Then he maintained his confession and his forward movement and, and trajectory to carry out the will and the plan of the Lord, his action toward cooperating with the Lord said. Then in verse 43, we see him release the word of the Lord, and that is Lazarus, come forth. That was the command of the word of God going forth for what needed to happen to release this particular individual for to cause life to come back into this particular individual. And then after that, he said, loose him and let him go. When G- when Lazarus came out of that, that tomb. Now, We've seen other people raised from the dead throughout the scriptures. And we saw Jesus. There's two accounts in particular of um, the daughter being raised up from the dead and Lazarus being raised. But Jesus had a different approach for the two times. One with the little girl, he put everybody out except for the parents and um, his three disciples. Uh This time, everybody was watching. Everyone was around. He didn't exclude anyone from being able to witness this. And for one... And also notice what he said was different every time. It was exactly what he said in the damsel arise in one case, and this one was Lazarus come forth. So two different things, but why was he saying those things? Was it because he was just feeling frisky? Because he was just like, "Mm, that sounds about right. No, this is the word of the Lord that the Holy Spirit put in his mouth to say at this appointed time. And and even the actions on how to get there, as you pointed out, for um, the little girl, Jairus' daughter, right? It was 
to put everyone else out. Mm-hmm. Here was in front of the crowd. So again, receiving the word to say and do what the Father is saying to say and do. Mm-hmm. Exactly how he said to say it and do it. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. So go back and look at those differences. Why did Jesus, you see the same principles there? He got instruction from the Father. And whether it says he knelt down and prayed or not, you know he's doing it because he's already disclosed that hidden information to mm-hmm. us, right? So you get the Father, the instruction from the Father through the Holy Spirit. And each time he maintained his confession and his forward trajectory to carry out what God had revealed to him in the time and the season that the Lord told him to do it. And when I say season, I don't mean three months from now, unless that was what God said. But for this in Lazarus' case, he stayed two more days. Was it two more days? Yes. Where he was, and then he went back. So we don't get in a hurry. We don't rush ahead of God, and we don't lag behind him. We're right in time and in the moment. And that's what I mean by season in this particular context is in the moment with God and the timeliness that God has ordained. And then he released the word in both of those cases. So keep that in mind. And let me go over those for you again. Here's the three phases. Hear from the Father through the Holy Spirit. Maintain your confession and your your faith-filled actions and movement trajectory towards doing what God said. Release the word when the Lord gives you the timing. So back to our example in John 11, he didn't say, Lazarus, come forth before he said, roll away the stone, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> he didn't say, unbind him, right? He, or loose him and let him go. Before he had rolled away the stone and, and, and said, Lazarus, Lazarus had come, come forth, forth. Yes. right? So there was a, a, a specific order that God wanted this done in, okay? So we are not on our own when it comes to doing the work of the Father. We're the opposite of that. And I know that, Maybe lack of teaching or just nervousness has caused people to run off and start trying to do stuff and going, well, I'll just do whatever and see what sticks. But God didn't leave anything in this earth without instruction. He didn't even fail to give the trees and the grass instruction on how to grow and reproduce. So how much more so would he provide necessary instruction for his sons and daughters who are the here in the earth to carry out the work that he's assigned and created us to do. And that he has expectation that we will fulfill in excellence. Of course, he's going to instruct us. Of course, he's going to tell us exactly what we need to do each and every time. We just have to know that we're supposed to ask and take the time to listen and know what the appropriate steps are by taking the time to do what we're doing right here, right now, spending this time learning how to become warriors for God and his elite force so that we're able to do exploits in the name of the Lord, as he gives us commandment to do them. Uh, Let's go over to John chapter four. We're going to look at our next, um, our next um, account here. And we're going to go to verses 46 through 54. Would you like me to read that? Yes, my darling. All right. It says, therefore, he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out to, of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to, be, to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, 
Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal officials said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. And he was now going down, his slave, or excuse me, and as he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. This is again a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Amen. Okay. So here you see the same principles. Jesus didn't say anything without the Father first saying it and receiving instruction from the Holy Spirit. He maintained his focus and his his um, agreement with what the Father had already said, maintained his confession, and then he released the word. Um, Know this, that there is no distance in the spirit or in the spiritual realm. So there's no distance between you and I when we're, we're, because we're in the Holy Spirit, when we're both residing, Mm. you and I, and any believer is residing in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's absolutely no distance. And when you think about the spiritual realm, it's not limited by space and time like we are in the natural. There's doors, there's walls, there's distance that must be traveled. But when you speak the word of God, it is able to, when you release the word, it is able to cut through any length of distance, any time, any space, whatever it is, to be just as potent and effective if you're physically laying hands someone, on someone right then and there, or you're speaking the word only. We see the centurion step into this and understand this concept um, concept of this, the centurion that Jesus marveled at his faith. Also, Jesus did not have to see the result to know it was done. He said to him, go your way, your son lives. Why? why? I was going to ask you that. Well, I'll tell you why. Because he got released from the Holy Spirit and he mm-hmm. did not speak outside or prematurely when the Holy Spirit said, now release that word. He released that word. And the when the father's faith was at its peak, right, because that was necessary, the father's faith had to be accessing and touching what the Lord was doing. And then when that came together, Holy Spirit let him know, and he was able to speak the word concerning it. And he had confidence that when God told him it was finished, it was what? It was finished. It was already done. The word had gone forth, and faith, he, he received it, grasped it, but Jesus also stood on it. Absolutely. And he didn't bite his nails until the man went to find his son and then came back and he got the report from the doctor. He did the word of the Lord, the cheese stands alone. So when he heard from Holy Spirit, he let it come out of his mouth because he got confirmation from the Holy Spirit. So that leads us to another um, principle that we need to understand is there, just like with Lazarus, he didn't from the town where he was, he didn't holler out, roll away the stone because Mm. he needed to say that to the people, right? That was something that physically needed to be done. When he said Lazarus come forth, he was speaking spiritually and the natural body got up. So just keep that in mind. The Holy Spirit will give you a release in your spirit of when it's time to release the word. We remember we talked about there were steps that Jesus needed to do in Lazarus' case before he could say that, but that even happened here. The father had to declare his faith 
And the Holy Spirit, who sees faith in the heart of man, who knows when it's there and it's ready to have what the Father is or what the person is petitioning for and what the Lord wants to do when the faith is connecting with the word of God. And then he'll let us know when we need to speak. So that tells us to guard our mouth, only say what the Father says when the Father says to say it. That's releasing the word. We don't spout off at the mouth. We don't keep rambling through words, trying to figure out which one we're supposed to say. We listen and then we say when the Lord is ready for that word to go forth. Now, because you also notice in verse 48, the Lord said something else, right? And this was to inspire and encourage the man's faith and get him to press through to the point that he needed to, and his faith was at a level that he could receive. All right, let's look at our next. But it um, also shows a lack of faith in what he said. Oh, from the dad's part. Right. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. So yes, it was a rebuke and an admonishment simultaneously, encouraging them, hey, come up to this level where you just believe the word that's spoken. Right. That we received, or in this case, Jesus, but that for us, let's make it personal to us as God's warriors, as elite force for his end time army, as soon as the word goes forth, it's done. And we don't need to see it be done. That's what he was also talking Amen. about in 49. The noble man said, come down to my house before my child dies. And that was some distance away. And the Lord was just saying, believe me for my word. Believe mm-hmm. me. Take me at my word. Believe my word that it's good enough. It's provision enough. It can get the job done, even though I'm not physically going right there to do the do things the way you think it should be done. Amen. And that raised the noble man's faith. And he said, okay, you know, like whatever the Holy Spirit needs to see, and it's not for our eyes to judge. Jesus did not judge by his eyesight. He judged by what the Father said through the Holy Spirit. And when it was ready, Holy Spirit said, okay, now you can speak this word to him and release it. It's already done. So, um, and then the man got to enjoy that and cherish and enjoy his son. Uh, John chapter five, verses six through 17. says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool where the water is, when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk immediately. The man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, He who made me well was the one who said to me, Pick up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, 
My father is working until now, and I myself am working. Amen. Amen. So the the very end of that, he's telling us he's working the same work that his father is working. He's on the same mission and the same journey that the father is on. And that's the same time. Exactly. And that's what we're doing. We are on the same mission at the same time in the same place that the father and the son are on so that we link up with the oneness. We sync up with them and the oneness that we have with them. So now looking at this, this was the man who was 38, um, who had an infirmity 38 years. Mm-hmm. Now, by this pool, if you read the beginning verses of chapter five, you'll see that there were many sick people there. But this is the one that he was looking for. He searched him out because this man was not freely moving, clearly, because he mm-hmm. says that um, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So Jesus was on a mission here. Amen. He had been sent there by the Father looking for this particular man. You have to know that Jesus stepped over all the other sick and blind and lame and paralyzed who were around the pool and the other multitude of people that were around there because the man told you the when the water stirred, somebody that's faster than him beats him to the water mm-hmm. to get their healing. They're faster. But the Holy Spirit sent Jesus there because the man's faith was already speaking. Right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about um, from the book. Um, and, and, and notice this other key with what you were saying. So it says, whoever, an angel stirred up the water, this is in verse four. Mm-hmm. And whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water stepped in, was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Mm-hmm. So faith in action and Faith in action quickly. Amen. Some promptness. They had to be paying attention. They had to be watching. So already in faith, knowing, hey, as soon as as this sign or this This for us command right Mm -hmm. is given, or like David, right with a sound when you hear the rustling in the trees, Mm -hmm. then go. I'm sure it was immediate. Absolutely. So the people that made it into the water had to be paying attention. They Mm -hmm. had to be on alert and on the ready. Absolutely. And they had to move promptly when the opportunity presented itself. Just like God's warriors are supposed to be. Amen. Now, that is a perspective of how we are to receive when God tells us, take up your bed and walk, right? Mm-hmm. When we're receiving Amen. our own healing. But when we're moving with the Holy Spirit to be the vessel that he wants to minister through to bring healing to someone else, we need to be hearing the Lord and prompt. Just like you said, mm-hmm. Jesus was there looking for this man and he stepped over how many other folks that needed healing, they were sick, they were blind, they were lame, they were paralyzed to get to this particular man. And he already knew about him um, and knew that he already had been there in that condition a long time. How did Jesus know that? It wasn't because his clothes were tattered and raggedy because you can see people on the street whose clothes are like that. And you can, you know, have a, a bad night <laughs> and forget to do your laundry or whatever it is. He knew this because Holy Spirit revealed it to him. And this is similar to the um, the example that we looked at in the book about Brother Hagen's son, Buddy, uh, son-in-law, Buddy, who was affected and afflicted by demonic um, oppression, not internally, but around him that he was yielding to. And 
Brother Hagen, who fulfilled the office, arrested in the office of prophet of the Lord, who prayed daily, who wanted um, his son-in-law to be well and to be functioning as he was supposed to appropriately in his daughter's life and in the life of his grandchildren, had no ability to help this man because he wasn't ready. But the moment that he was, Mm -hmm. Father God, through Holy Spirit, sent word to Brother Hagen to release the word concerning his deliverance from that oppression. Amen. And it was Buddy being ready to receive that caused God to send Brother Hagen. So likewise, it was this man who had been there 38 years who was ready to receive that caused God to send the Lord and Savior to look and search him out and Mm -hmm. know his condition ahead of time and come to find him. And when he got there, when he asked the man a question, do you want to be made well? He was saying, hey, I need your permission to do this. God sees faith, but I need you to verbalize. We believe, therefore we speak. He needed that man to give him permission to release him from what was holding him. Likewise, we talked about this before, just because I have faith doesn't mean I can decide for you except for my children. I can't decide from anybody else whether or not they're going to receive healing. That's their decision. And this man had an opportunity to receive. What changed about Brother Hagen from the time that Buddy was his son-in-law to the time he received deliverance? Nothing. He was still Kenneth E. Hagen. He had been walking with Mm -hmm. the Lord since he was a teenager, 15 to 16 years old, and growing in his faith from that point on. That's Brother Hagen, if you have a chance to read his little background about him. But he had been walking with the Lord since a teenager. So he was the same spirit-filled man before and after. What changed, Buddy? Because Mm -hmm. it was Buddy's life, and Buddy's faith needed to be Um, He needed to be desired to be released from that and not to be hindered by it anymore. And his faith need to be active towards the Lord to receive. So I'll give you one more example. Um, And as as she comes from Luke 4, 26, Jesus having a discussion and actually it's, it's 25 and 26 where he says, I tell you truthfully, there were many widows in Israel during the time of Elijah, but he wasn't when it was when the sky was shut up and there was famine mm-hmm, in the land, mm-hmm. but he wasn't sent to any of them, just to the widow in Zarephath. But if you really study that out in First Kings seventeen nine, the Lord tells Elijah, "Get up and go to Zarephath of Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you." So you see the same mm-hmm. thing that we're discussing here with Jesus whether it was uh, here at the Pool of Bethsaida mm-hmm. or in the life of Kenneth e. Hagen with Buddy, mm-hmm. right? They had, the, uh, they had the opportunity when their faith was there, had reached a peak mm-hmm. to come into and receive what the Lord had for them. Amen. Wasn't that widow there at the beginning of the famine when when elijah was by the lake i mean by the river and the stream and the ravens were bringing Mm -hmm. food she was there the entire time but at this point her faith was at a peak so that she could receive the miracle it wasn't because elijah needed somebody to take care of him the ravens had been doing the job absolutely and the lord knows where all the water is he can get it out of a rock if that's what he needs to have done right we already saw him do that more than once and with moses wasn't the first time that that happened or the only time that that happened so God knows, but that's when her faith was at a peak to receive. And he said, I'm going to have my servant there. You just 
And it still you follows the exact points that you brought up. Hearing from the Lord, mm-hmm. receiving a plan from Him, standing in faith, right? And, mm-hmm. and by standing, that also means going. Maintaining if, if your confession. If He sends you, and, mm-hmm. and yes, to say what He says to say and do what He says to do, maintaining Amen. your confession throughout, and then in obedience, doing it. And then release the word. Whatever it Amen. is that God says or tells you to do, release that knowing that it's already done. And in that case of Elijah, he said, fix my cake first. Absolutely. And then it's not going to run out. And the woman believed that, and she did that, and she got to eat from it, her and her household, her son, throughout that entire time. So coming back to John chapter 5, um, when the Lord asked him, do you want to be made well? He had to get his permission, and he needed the man to vocalize what was already on the inside of his heart. And the man, he had um, an odd answer, but he was looking at it from a natural standpoint. But then, because God knows the heart, that was what the Lord needed to hear. I, and he basically, he was saying, yes, I want to, but this keeps getting in the way. So that mm-hmm. all the man could see were the natural hindrances, but God needs the faith of a mustard seed, and you can move a mountain with that. So he's was able to take the man's faith where it was, and that was enough to release him because our God is faithful. And and the faith was in to receive his healing. Amen. How he received it, he did not know. Right, he that's was all he could think of. Mm-hmm. That someone angel, was going to help him, whether it was Jesus mm-hmm. or someone, to get him in the water first. Mm-hmm. Not that the Lord would just supernaturally or divinely. He didn't heal realize him. the Messiah was coming to exactly. his, his corner yes. of the pool that day. His so, corner. Of so the... it's also something for us to recognize, right? Amen. Yeah, our faith has to be up and active. Well, let's not try to limit the Lord and mm-hmm. how He goes about doing something. Again. The first thing is ask. Get the plan from him. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's we're we're talking on being on the. the that was the other the, side. The vessel side, and then there's the receiving exactly. side. The ministering side and the receiving side have similarities, but slight differences. But Absolutely. when we're receiving, we don't. It's not our business to tell him how to to get it done. And when we're <laughs> being sent as a vessel, it's not our job to tell him how to get it done. Because exactly. if it were, then we would be sitting on that throne. Instead of him. And well, oh, we we're not doing that. Not. <laughs> we can't do that. And we, we who are seated are we? in heavenly places with him. With him, not in place of him. Amen. And um, who has counseled him? I think Job, he learned that lesson for all of us. Oh, and I hope so. We can, we can take Job's experience and, and say that's sufficient. God is enough. Um, so then Jesus in verse 8 of John chapter 5 released the word that the Father gave him. And then. The Lord must have told the Holy Spirit, let him to withdraw when all the crowd came around. And then he came back to finish up what needed to be said because his issue was that he was bound by sin. That's what got Mm -hmm. him there in the first place. So Jesus deals with that as well. In verse 14, go and sin no more. Um, Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. So through guidance from the Holy Spirit, Jesus did all that was required of him, even showing up, releasing the word, the first phase of it, that part of the word that was necessary for the man to receive his healing, and then withdrawing when the crowd came and all the tumult, and the Lord actually probably checking on this gentleman, what are you going to say about this? And the man maintained, God is righteous and holy, and Mm -hmm. this man did what he's supposed to be doing, right? He's the one who healed me. And then Jesus came back and finished um, helping the man so that he maintained Wholeness and healing gave him direction. There's direction or discipleship is what is typically called, right? Training, instruction, guidance in how to move forward in his relationship with the Father. 
Amen. And Jesus didn't stand there in the midst of the crowd when the Father was ready for him to be out of the way. Amen. He was still continuing to move with the Lord and operate just like the Lord wanted him to. So I would encourage you to go back and review each of these case studies that we've talked about and look at it, shift your perspective from being one who is receiving the healing or the miracle to the one who is being used to deliver the miracle or the healing. Um, And again, it's the father through the Holy Spirit doing the work in us, right? The name of Jesus is doing the work. And the Father is the one who has supported the name of Jesus Christ, right? Amen. Just like he supported his name when he was in the earth. And now that he's been lifted up and he is seated at the right hand and raised up and seated at the right hand of the Father. So it's his name doing the work. Our job is to be sent. So look at these case studies from the perspective of doing what Jesus did, not following vain repetition, because vain repetition does not get us anywhere and it doesn't lead to successful outcomes. And it certainly does not have any consistency if you do see a glimmer of hope with it. And usually what happens is people try to take vain repetition. And then when it doesn't work, they make excuses. Oh, this has been done away with, or God's not doing that anymore. Well, no, the reality <laughs> is not. He's we're the same just yesterday, not com- today, and forever. Exactly. We just have to do actually what the Lord did, not the superficial, but the truth of what he was doing, not what it seemed like or appeared, but actually what he's showing us and demonstrating to us in the word and what the Holy Spirit is uncovering and revealing to us now. This is what Jesus did and why he was always effective in fulfilling what the Father sent him to do, why the miracles flowed, why the healings flowed, why why the Holy Spirit could use and move through him and minister freely at will, because Jesus understood. All right. My love, is there anything that you would like to say to close us out on this final case study? I just want to encourage all the listeners on exactly the points that we've been talking about. Get the plan from the Lord. If we want the same results that Christ had. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say we'll do it the exact same way. Doesn't mean we won't. Mm-hmm. Right? But if we want his results, or the results that Jesus had during his earthly ministry, mm-hmm. then we will do things the exact same way he did them. Amen. He sought the Lord, right? He mm-hmm. asked the Father, Hey, what do I what do I ask you for? Mm-hmm. Till he received the plan, which clearly mm-hmm. came through Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? Same for us today. Mm-hmm. And then it, not just to hear it, not just being willing to hear it, but being willing to obey mm-hmm. to the to the to the letter, if you mm-hmm. will, every jot and tittle being accomplished. Right, going where he was sent to go, when he was sent to go there, mm-hmm. saying what was said to say, mm-hmm. when and how he was said to say it, and doing what he was instructed or commanded to do, mm-hmm. when and how. He was supposed to do it. Amen. Amen. All for the Father's glory. Amen. And he knew that once the word of the Lord went forth, it it was finished. finished. Amen. Whether his eyeballs saw it or not. We don't know if he ever met the nobleman's son. We don't know, right, if he ever saw that person again. But that is how we minister the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? That's that's the point of the Holy Spirit. And if you study out, uh, church history and some of these great, uh, if you will, heroes or generals of faith, right? Wigglesworth, right? We're supposed to minister the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we can't minister the Holy Spirit if we're speaking out of our flesh. True that. 
You have to receive it from the Father through Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit ministers to each one their needs. Not your needs, their needs, Mm -hmm. all for the glory of the Father. Amen. Amen. Because he wants to see his people free. He wants to see them thrive and to flourish. And he is here in the earth to continue with that work of destroying the works of the devil through us. Amen. Through his warriors and his elite force and his people that will just believe on his name and dare to learn about him, to know what he wants to have done and to do, cooperate with him and Mm-mm. be available to him. And utilize the name of Jesus as the seal hey, of approval hey, for the word that the Father has commanded us to say. Our faith and our hope is in that name, the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is exalted above every name, every name in this earth, on this earth and beneath this earth. Jesus is Lord. So that concludes this last episode of 2023. So happy new year. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to continuing with you and connecting with you in 2024. As we said at the beginning of this episode, we believe God that it's going to be a wonderful time for you and a great new year of blessing and anointing and fellowship and favor with the Lord. So Get in touch with us if you haven't reached out yet. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know if you have any questions. And remember that we love you. God bless you. And live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.